section sixty four part three chapter three continued of the four horsemen of the apocalypse by vicente blasco ibanez translated by charlotte brewster jordan this librivox recording is in the public domain he saw it approach in the form of a cloud bulging as though it were going to explode over the battery without knowing just how it happened the senator suddenly found himself in the bottom of the shelter his hands in cold contact with a heap of steel cylinders lined up like bottles they were projectiles if a german shell he thought should explode above this burrow what a frightful blowing up but he calmed himself by reflecting on the solidity of the arched vault with its beams and sacks of earth several yards thick suddenly he was in absolute darkness another had sought refuge in the shelter obstructing the light with his body perhaps his friend uh, desnoyers a year passed by while his watch was registering a single second then a century at the same rate and finally the awaited thunder burst forth making the refuge vibrate but with a kind of dull elasticity as though it were made of rubber in spite of its thud the explosion wrought horrible damage other minor explosions playful and whistling followed behind the first in his imagination lacour saw a cataclysm a writhing serpent vomiting sparks and smoke a species of wagnerian monster that upon striking the ground was disgorging thousands of fiery little snakes that were covering the earth with their deadly contortions the shell must have burst nearby perhaps in the very square occupied by this battery he came out of the shelter expecting to encounter a sickening display of dismembered bodies and he saw his son smiling smoking a cigar and talking with desnoyers that was a mere nothing the gunners were tranquilly finishing the charging of a huge piece they had raised their eyes for a moment as the enemy's shell went screaming by and then had continued their work it must have fallen about three hundred yards away said rene cheerfully the senator impressionable soul felt suddenly filled with heroic confidence it was not worth while to bother about his personal safety when other men just like him only differently dressed were not paying the slightest attention to the danger and as the other projectiles soared over his head to lose themselves in the woods with the explosions of a volcano he remained by his son's side with no other sign of tension than a slight trembling of the knees it seemed to him now that it was only the french missiles because they were on his side that were hitting the bull's-eye the others must be going up in the air and losing themselves in useless noise of just such illusions is valor often compounded and is that all his eyes seemed to be asking he now recalled rather shamefacedly his retreat to the shelter he was beginning to feel that he could live in the open the same as rene the german missiles were getting considerably more frequent they were no longer lost in the wood and their detonations were sounding nearer and nearer the two officials exchanged glances they were responsible for the safety of their distinguished charge now they are warming up said one of them rene as though reading their thoughts prepared to go good-bye father they were needing him in his battery 
the senator tried to resist he wished to prolong the interview but found that he was hitting against something hard and inflexible that repelled all his influence a senator amounted to very little with people accustomed to discipline farewell my boy all success to you remember who you are the father wept as he embraced his son lamenting the brevity of the interview and thinking of the dangers awaiting him when rene had disappeared the captains again recommended their departure it was getting late they ought to reach a certain cantonment before nightfall so they went down the hill in the shelter of a cut in the mountains seeing the enemy's shells flying high above them in a hollow they came upon several groups of the famed seventy-fives spread out through the woods hidden by piles of underbrush like snapping dogs howling and sticking up their gray muzzles the great cannon were roaring only at intervals while the steel pack of hounds were yelping incessantly without the slightest break in their noisy wrath like the endless tearing of a piece of cloth the pieces were many the volleys dizzying and the shots uniting in one prolonged shriek as a series of dots unite to form a single line the chiefs stimulated by the din were giving their orders in yells and waving their arms from behind the pieces the cannons were sliding over the motionless gun carriages advancing and receding like automatic pistols each charge dropped an empty shell and introduced a fresh one into the smoking chamber behind the battery the air was racking in furious waves with every shot lacour and his companion received a blow on the breast the violent contact with an invisible hand pushing them backward and forward they had to adjust their breathing to the rhythm of the concussions during the hundredth part of a second between the passing of one aerial wave and the advance of the next their chests felt the agony of vacuum desnoyers admired the baying of those gray dogs he knew well their bite extending across many kilometers now they were fresh and at home in their own kennels to lacour it seemed as though the rows of cannon were chanting a measure monotonous and fiercely impassioned that must be the martial hymn of the humanity of prehistoric times this music of dry deafening delirious notes was awakening in the two what is sleeping in the depths of every soul the savagery of a remote ancestry the air was hot with acrid odors pungent and brutishly intoxicating the perfumes from the explosions were penetrating to the brain through the mouth the eyes and the ears they began to be infected with the same ardor as the directors shouting and swinging their arms in the midst of the thundering the empty capsules were mounting up in thick layers behind the cannon fire always fire we must sprinkle them well yelled the chiefs we must give a good soaking to the groves where the boches are hidden so the mouths of seventy-five rained without interruption inundating the remote thickets with their shells inflamed by this deadly activity frenzied by the destructive celerity dominated by the dizzying sway of the ruby leaves lacour and desnoyers found themselves waving their hats leaping from one side to another as though they were dancing the sacred dance of death and shouting with mouths dry from the acrid vapor of the powder hurrah hurrah End of section sixty four